Hello, my name is Charles Johnson, and this is the Alabama Entrepreneur Podcast. Alabama entrepreneurs telling their stories, giving us a better understanding of the small business experience. Jim Spanier, owner of Wilmo LLC. Jim, what is Wilmo and what makes your company unique? Wilmo is a company that started out of uh, frustration, I guess, if you will. There were so many Southern-themed companies, Southern Pride, Southern Tide, Southern Marsh, Southern this, Southern that, all these Southern companies. They all loved the South. They were all Southern-themed, but hardly any of their stuff was from the South. And in fact, a lot of it wasn't even made in America. So I started Wilmo LLC. I trademarked my South, 12 South, brand and i like to feature promote the people the places the food everything that's great about the south or if we just make it here and make it well then i resell it with my brand and a big part of the brand also is giving back where i'll help out schools and more local organizations selling various items where they're the ones that make most of the money from the sale. So I might just cover my costs, and I'm doing that, and it's something I'd like to continue as long as I'm in business, but especially at the, at the start of my business, to get my brand out there, make people aware of it, what I'm doing, how I might be able to help them, and then again, to grow the business, to grow my relationship with my various suppliers. So just something I want to be part of, my business. And the items that I'm selling will include hats, baseball style hats, t-shirts. I'm looking at adding uh, the boonie style hat, glassware, metal decorative art, decorative wood art that you, you know, you hang off your wall or, you know, the type of things that you find in, in say a hobby lobby. But again, 99% of that store is, is uh, imported. And if price is your main reason for buying something, then that's where probably you're going to buy it. But I want to feature local items made here in the South. So for instance, if I'm selling a hat with state of Alabama flag on it, then actually in this case, it's going to be made in the state of Alabama. And even down to the, I sell a hat uh, and I add a U.S. flag on the hat And down to the U.S. flag on the hat, that flag patch is made in the U.S. Again, just super frustrated with so many folks doing that and not buying made in America when it's available. Now, it's certainly not readily available, and sometimes you have to hunt it down, but I'm always going to be seeking out those first local southern sources and then certainly Uh, U.S. sources, especially, say, for instance, for raw materials. So, for instance, I'm selling koozies, and the koozies will be printed, cut, sewn in the South using material that is U.S. sourced. So a made-in-the-South koozie sourcing U.S. materials. I don't understand why folks would do it another way, but I'll take that back and I'll say I do understand because they are solely driven by price. So where 
folks will often say, uh, we love America and America's first. And, you know, we love the South and <laughs> it's all good, great and grand. Except when I can save 10 cents, then I'm going to save 10 cents. Uh, you know, I'll give you a great, for instance, know someone who works at NASA and approach someone in the NASA gift shop about why, for instance, a NASA t-shirt or hat wasn't made in the U.S. As you may be aware, NASA recently celebrated American rockets, American-made rockets, with American astronauts launched from American soil. So a big American event for NASA. And when the person I know asked them about hats that would be made in the USA, pardon the pun, they looked at them like they were from Mars <laughs> and said, do you know how expensive a hat in the USA is? Which, you know, I think anyone might think, well, do you know how expensive it is to launch US-made rockets from US soil with US astronauts? It's probably a lot cheaper just to contract it out to the Chinese. But we NASA doesn't. But just a frustrating instance of uh, trying to get that message across that if, if it's going to be made in the USA, that's, that's going to reflect something from the buyer's point of view that that, that matters to them. Because it certainly to me as a seller matters to me. So uh, that's the story of Wilmo, the type of items I'm selling, how and why I even started my business, trademarked my brand. Again, just just a love for the South, uh, the, the great things about it, or if we just make things here and make them well, you're going to see it with my 12 South brand. Wilmo is the name of your company. 12 South is the name of your brand. Can you tell us? how you came up with the name Wilmo and how you came up with the 12 South brand. Well, one needs a unique name for a company. Uh, obviously you can't uh, go in business under a name that's already existing. So when I did a little homework on it, uh, my son's name is William. And when he was younger, he was a big fan of the Elmo doll. So I put them together and we, we actually called William this, uh, it was Wilmo. Uh, we combined the William and the Elmo and we got Wilmo and that was how Will, Wilmo LLC came about. As far as the 12 South brand, what I did, and again, there's, uh, there's a lot of, if one were to Google 12 South, there would be a lot of things that would come up under 12 South. My trademark refers to that 12 South brand, the states in the South from Texas through Arkansas, Kentucky, up to Virginia, all points down Southeast into Florida. So the items that I resell are all made in the South. So when you see one of my items, and a lot of people will do this, I'll ask them, where was the hat you're wearing made? And they'll say it was made with, by John's Embroidery over there in Decatur. That, and that might be true. John's Embroidery in Decatur might have done the embroidery. But the hat is 99% of the time imported. My hats, they're designed in the South. They are made in the South. They are embroidered in the South. They are printed in the South. 
Everything is local. A lot of it's just a day's drive from North Alabama. So when I ask people, why would you want a hat that's traveled thousands of miles, especially your Southern themed hat, when, or shirt, or again, whatever it is, why, why would you want that imported when we make it right here? It's local. It's helping our neighbors. It's promoting the South. All good, great things to me. And that's the message I'm trying to get out with my brand. What did you have to do to become a legitimate business? I filed paperwork with the Alabama, Alabama Secretary of State. And I did that, paid my fee. And they sent me my paperwork, uh, which documented that Wilmo LLC was uh, eligible to do business in the state of Alabama. And that name, if you will, was accepted. Each year I pay a state license to, I guess, again, for the, the privilege of doing business in the state of Alabama. I also pay a county license. I'm in North Alabama in the county of Madison. Uh, so those are my recurring costs. And I believe after that initial payment, when I created Wilmo, if you will, I'm not familiar or aware of uh, when any subsequent monies might be owed. I'm not pretty sure, though, that the state of Alabama will let me know if I owe them some money. Actually, that was a, a frustrating experience here recently when apparently I didn't pay enough in taxes. I think I underpaid. I think your listeners will enjoy this. I underpaid my taxes by 48 cents. And after the taxes and the penalties and the fees, I think I paid something like $50. Now, again, in the grand scheme, $50 is not a lot. But to pay $50 because you underpaid by 48 cents does seem a little onerous and a little small business unfriendly. I guess just something to uh, learn from and to uh, move on. So I did. Yeah, you are currently a wholesaler. Do you have plans to start doing retail? I do. I do have plans to start doing retail. I've got to, and it's at the top of my list in terms of my website, which is weare12south.com. It's W-E-A-R-E, -E, the number one, two, south.com to make it available on my website where people can buy just as, just as if they could go to any of the other Southern theme sites or just any site in the world, I guess. And put more, I've got to get more pictures of the various products that I carry, make them available so people can see them, see what it is they're ordering. So that has to be, that's next. Other than that, I'm, uh, you know, I work with schools and various entities, educational entities like that. Uh, I've been speaking to several business owners to be a supplier for them. A lot of the a lot of them are either Southern themed or they're just local companies that I'm thinking a U.S. made brand of apparel might be of interest to them. So I'm speaking with them about that. And then other retail shops uh, that are already selling similar type items and trying to get into those stores. But quite frankly, it's it's a tough sell because you're new. No one's really familiar with your brand. So for them to give up 
for instance, shelf space in a retail environment, they're not very keen to do that because everyone is fighting for that shelf space. And from that retailer's perspective, that shelf space better be selling. So for them to take a chance on a uh, new brand, it, it can be somewhat of a risk for them. I do think back, you know, I read, for instance, the folks that uh, started Life is Good. Uh, I read one instance where they, they loaded some shirts in a van and drove up to Boston University one weekend. They said they had about 300 shirts and they sold three. Talk about from humble beginnings, but everything's got to start and there's got to be some passion behind it because every time you you talk to these people about, for instance, adding your line in their store, it's it's it really is a sales pitch and it really is something that you've got to sell to them that, you know, the passion you have for your business to get them to put your stuff on their shelves. It's a tough go. And if you don't sell it, if you don't have passion about it, then it's unlikely you're going to convince someone else to to carry it and have even a, a small part of that passion. Uh, you'd love for them to be excited about what it is you're doing and for them to say, yes, yes, please. <laughs> I'd love to stock these items. When can you get them to me? But it's a tough go. Uh, but uh, but each time, and it's true what they say in, sa- in the sales word, each no brings you closer to a yes. And each no will also give you the opportunity to learn something about well, why didn't it go well? And, and what did I learn? So uh, you've got to be able to, to present your, your brand in, the, in, a, in a very positive way and you know, convince these people that this is going to be something that is going to be selling in their stores. It just takes time and a lot of hard work and perseverance. I'm committed to doing that. You trademarked your 12 South brand why did you do that? Well, I did that. I wanted to set my brand apart. Uh, so, for instance, where you'll see uh, Southern Tide, Southern Pride, Southern Marsh, Southern Shirt Company, it's just the list goes on. And those people, uh, they may be making the shirts now. They may have bought a shirt factory, but at one time they weren't making the shirts, for instance. And the way they differentiated those shirts as theirs was with their brand. So I was thinking that I need something intangible, if you will, something that is going to let everyone know that this is my brand. And when you see this brand, this is what it means. It's made locally. It's made here in the South. It's made by your neighbors. It's made with USA materials. It's right here. And again, from the embroidery, the printing, the item itself, it's, it's local. So for instance, uh, any brand that one might see, you know, a car brand, a BMW, Mercedes, uh, you know, an Apple computer, that ubiquitous Apple on the back of a computer that you'll see, for instance, in movies or anywhere. When you see that Apple logo, uh, that just people people then know what that computer is about and you know the quality that's associated with it and I want that same thinking if you will to be associated when people see my 12 South logo they'll see it and they'll think that is a 
that Alabama shirt that I just saw, that is a real Southern Alabama shirt. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of getting a trademark? Like a lot of instances, I had a gentleman of mine that uh, I went to school with years ago at UAH, and he had started a small company, and he had trademarked his brand, and he used legal folks out of St. Louis area, I believe, and he said he had a good experience, and when I was looking to trademark my brand, that's who I started talking to, and I told him what I wanted to do and what I wanted it to cover. It initially submitted a trademark. It was going to be 12 South. And then underneath that real period, Southern period. But apparently there was a, a fishing group somewhere in Florida that they had a similar trademark, except it was R-E-E-L dot Southern dot. Actually, I appeal because my reel was the meaning of the word real in that I meant to say authentic or genuine where theirs was more of a play on words as in real Southern, because they were referring partly to a, a fishing reel, if you will. So real in terms of it's really what we do here in the South, but then also uh, the play on words with reference to a, a fishing reel in any instance my appeal to the trademark office was unsuccessful. So plan B was to drop the real Southern portion of it and just go with 12 South. Now I will say that again, another learning experience, I wanted my trademark to include as many categories or classifications, if you will, as possible. I didn't want it to be very narrow. I want it to be in general, if you will. And to, again, to cover as many classifications if I could. So for instance, if it was a, a an apparel trademark, it would cover shirts and shorts and hats and hoodies and scarves and all so many things. But the trademark I received was uh, narrower than that. But I am looking into trademarking Again, using that same 12 South logo, I'm thinking, but just including a little bit more of the design I have and in, in one of the logos I'm using, getting it to be. And I've seen this on other companies uh, where their trademark does include various other classifications. So that's one thing I'd, I'd uh, have or I would suggest to people you know, looking at a, at a trademark to get it as broad as possible. So when I do do my next trademark, I'll, I'll ensure that it does. And if for whatever reason, this lawyer uh, isn't, whatever the word is, agreeable or receptive to that, then uh, I'll discuss it with some other uh, uh, lawyers and just get their perspective on it. Because again, I've seen it in practice, uh, some broad trademarks. And so that's what I'm going to be after when I go to part two. I think about $500 is a going rate approximately for trademarks. When you abandoned Real 12 South, did that trademark just die or is there a process to killing it? My understanding is it's dead and there's, there's nothing else for me to do in terms of an action once it was determined, classified, whatever the word is, as dead. If, if a person were to go to that uh, trademark website they'll see the various trademarks uh 
live or or dead. I suppose uh, at some point the trademark office may have come back and said, "Hey, you can't trademark this because this and this and this," and that gives the that person then an opportunity to appeal it or say, "Well, you, you know, I, you're not. This isn't correct, and this is what I meant, and you misunderstood me, and I'd like you to consider it again." And if it's at that point, but the person doesn't come back and say anything, I'm I'm thinking then at some time, uh, the trademark office then considers it dead. I, I'm not I'm not sure in terms of at what point does it go away and it's it's no longer even in their record or on their website when you pull up a search for for a term, but uh, you will see various live and and dead ones if you will. What do you wish you would have known before getting started in business? You know, it's a good question because there are so many things, working with suppliers, uh, working with retailers, building a website, working with an accountant, working with legal folks on a trademark, for instance, working with designers, working with manufacturers. There are just so many pieces to the puzzle and if anything, I would have known prior which aspect might have required more time, more money, more something. You know, for instance, if I want to have some hats embroidered or some shirts printed, if I don't own an embroidery machine or I don't own a silkscreen shop, then I'm pretty much at the mercy of the people that do that kind of work and for someone who's starting out i'm not going to them asking for 50 hats or 100 hats or 200 shirts or or whatever or excuse me i am doing that and what i'm not doing is saying five thousand shirts now then that could be another problem into itself when you get into those quantities but given i'm just starting those quantities a lot of these shops, they're already in business. They've already got customers. And then here comes the 12 South man, and he's got a relatively small order, which you just get in line, and, and it, it's difficult for you to get ahead of the line, and, and you just have to wait. And they've got other customers, and a lot of times they've got a lot of other bigger customers. And again, they've got a lot of bigger customers that they've been working with for a long time. but. The goal is to speak with them, have them do some jobs, have them do some bigger jobs, and then ultimately be at that point where when I say this is my requirement and this is when I need it, they're more receptive to meeting that for me. So in terms of, you know, what, what, what do I wish I would have known before I started there are just so many pieces to the puzzle and, and, and so many things that have to work. And a lot of it doesn't work or, or would even start to work unless you start to do it. And then it's just a case of just, just doing it. If you have passion about it and you think you could be those life is good guys who had a van full of 300 shirts and sold three and now are selling you know, probably three a second, maybe <laughs> some outrageous number. If that's the goal, then then start taking every step you can to go in that direction to be 
where you want to be some point down the road. So I consider it just a constant learning, just a constant speaking with folks, just a constant doing things that'll move things forward to be where I want to be at some point in the future. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add to this interview? Well, what I'd like to add to your listening audience, certainly if, uh, you know, given that I've explained what my business is about, what I'm trying to do, if they'd like to be a supplier, I'd love to hear from them, love to hear what they're selling, what or what they're making. And I'd love to talk to them about reselling that under my 12 South brand. And then certainly for others that do the type of things that I need done, whether it's another graphic designer, whether it's someone who has some ideas about a website and how I might change it or do things a little differently or, or even just start over and, and do it however they might think is the best way to do it. I'm receptive to that in either direction. Would just love to hear from folks. And then also uh, schools or other entities that may need some help with fundraising. They're tired of selling mattresses or toilet paper or gift wrap or whatever it is. Uh, maybe they just want a state championship in some sport. I'd love to work with them and give them some items at cost that either for their use or for their resale that they can sell to the you know, the Titans nation or, or the Patriots nation or, you know, whoever they are. Uh, I'd love to work with them on that. Again, a uh, big part of what I'm doing uh, is giving back. So if it's uh, at all about the South, the people, the places, the food, everything we love about it, or again, if we just make it here and make it well, uh, I love selling it under my 12 South brand. So anyone that, again, that might want to be a part of what I'm doing, uh, I'd love to hear from them. And anyone that I might be able to help out, I'd love to hear from them also. And however I can, I will. Thank you very much, Charles. All right. Well, Jim, thank you. And there you have it. Another great Alabama entrepreneur. Jim Spanier, owner of Wilmo LLC. And thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to enhance your experiences throughout the great state of Alabama, I urge you to seek out locally owned small businesses. They will certainly increase your happiness. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving it a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening.